Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors and over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. I am Seth Leibson, and as we do every Friday, particularly in this uh, high election season, we check in with our uh, very good friend, George Kaloff. He is the managing partner of the Resolute Group and the president of Data Orbital. For my money, he's the best political consultant and thinker in the country. We are delighted he uh, is here in Arizona, and we're delighted he joins us every Friday. George, happy Friday. It's been a long week, huh, George? (laughs) My gosh. It has. It has. I feel like every week, though, it's yeah. longer than the one prior. I know. These are not These are not the kinds of summers. Are, are you like me? You can't really take summer vacations in even-numbered years until somewhere way late in August. Yeah, I bet you are. Yeah, if then. It's, if it's then. A, it's a total... Yeah. Yeah, it's a total blackout, and then yeah. every other year, it's, yeah, it's a very cyclical life. Yeah, it so, sure is. I want to talk to you about some of the things going on in those cyclicals, in those cycles. Let's start with this. I don't know if you'll agree with me or not, but I don't, because I'm not sure I agree with me, but it, it's been said that Donald Trump changed the Republican Party. He might have changed the Democratic Party, too, in a sense. Whence this new thing from the Democrats attacking people's ethnicity, particularly the Hispanic community. This is an amazing thing. Of course, we had the taco uh, the taco problem with Jill Biden, but CNN is now getting in on this. They published a piece this week, uh, opinion, these GOP Latina candidates are not the real deal. They're calling them fake Latinos uh, over at CNN. They're talking about three uh, Republican uh, Latino uh, candidates in uh, Latina candidates in Texas. I don't know if they hate Texas more or Hispanics more at this point, but my God, questioning the legitimacy of the Hispanic uh, culture and uh, background of people whose names are Myra Flores, Monica de la Cruz and Cassie Garcia. This is this is what the left is up to now. Do they just want every ethnic minority to start voting Republican, George? You take it from here. You tell me what's going on. Yeah, I mean, look, Seth, what's what's going on is they care more about their progressive policies and pushing progressive policies, and they actually do care about these communities. The reason why they're making these claims about our new congresswoman from Texas, Mario Flores, and others is because they don't fit neatly, neatly into the box that they want Hispanics to fit into. You hear this all the time with African Americans. The second that someone's conservative, they pretend as if they're not real. Look at what they've done to Justice Thomas over the last number of decades of his career, right? It's a born because it's more about pushing woke policies and pushing progressive policies than it actually is about standing by these communities. The thing that the Democrats should be exponentially nervous about is that communities, particularly the Hispanic community, they have started to wake up to this. They are waking up to this and they're handing defeat to Democrats. George, tell me tell me how this plays out, um, if not in this election year, maybe the next one, because there does seem to have been a, 
I don't know if I want to say slow, but there has been a movement. It hasn't been fast, but there has been a movement, particularly with minorities that have been hard for Republicans to reach out or into those communities. We're talking primarily African-American and Hispanic-American. Tell me what this is looking like. Every year we Republicans say, well, we're going to get this much more. And we always fall a little bit short. But this is a little different this year, and it seems like the Democrats are helping giving them the shove. Yeah, because it's the thing that's interesting with this specific dynamic with Hispanic voters, Beth, is that there are tru- uh, structural changes happening. Similar to what we saw with blue-collar, uh, non-college-educated white voters in the Trump era, people were like, oh, yeah, this is going to be one and done or two times. But no, it's last whether President Trump was on the ballot. He wasn't on, uh, he wasn't on the ballot in districts that were very Trumpy, not very Trumpy. There is just a progressive and a progression, I should say, movement towards the Republican Party amongst that category. Similar things are happening in the Hispanic community, obviously much different speed, different look, and all of it. But it is structural changes. Why? <clears throat> We've always known people that care about the issues that you and I care about. We talk about it a lot on the show, what cultural issues. We have always known that the progressive left was out of step with Hispanic voters, but so many other issues tended to dominate, particularly, namely, immigration. Uh-huh. Okay, But now that cultural issues are so in our face, and frankly, the left has gone so crazy. Now, apparently, with Disney, the latest thing coming out of, uh, I guess not Florida, this would be California, is that Disney's renaming a ride because the movie is um, of the, the movie that Splash Mountain, the ride, is based off of apparently too racist. Um, they are going off. Splash the Mountain is a so racist. Uh, is a racist assault. Yeah, okay. It is. Okay. It is. So that's that. Now that ride is. Is it the water or the mountain that's, that's offensive? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, exactly. I don't know. <laughs> I was a real quiet. I, exactly. I don't know. Okay. All right. But, exactly. Okay. Exactly. okay. But, but these changes are structural, uh-huh. right? These changes are structural because the, the 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 voter is now saying, "Okay, look, I would have maybe been able to stomach where you were ten years ago because of everything else, but now you're so far away from me. Now I'm going to stomach it in the inverse. Now I'm going to say, okay, I don't maybe agree with everything that Republicans are believe, but man, I am so more far. I'm so farther apart." from the left. That's what's happening, which is why I believe this change is here to stay. That doesn't mean that today and tomorrow every Republican across the country is going to win a majority of Hispanic voters. That's not true. But we are going to make a methodical step up, and we're already seeing it happen in Florida and Texas, and I think we're going to see it happen in Arizona this year. Well, that's 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 great news, uh, and and it and it and it begs another question. I wanted to run by you because that was my, what you said had been my sense. I I, I have not done examinations, uh, not deep ones, certainly nowhere close to your levels over the years. I have not done examinations of ethnic minority voting patterns. I know a little bit about it and a little history from the general history of things, but. It does seem to me that for years we have been kind of scratching our heads saying, why is not the Hispanic community of voters more siding with Republicans, particularly given the kinds of interests they have when it comes to issues like life or religious liberty, religious freedom, uh, and in many respects, uh, Catholic sensibilities, quite honestly. Shouldn't they be our natural allies? And then it seemed immigration issues were the stumbling block. But now it's it's beginning to perhaps dawn on me, and maybe it's because the news is so overwhelmingly uh, being covered about these things now. You know, there's a little bit of a parochialism to that that thought. Uh, if if the Democrats thought they could always keep them on immigration, because I I mean, Hispanic communities bleed too, and they suffer crime too, and a lot of them who did come here. Uh, legally and, you know, by by doing the hard work of getting here and being here legally, they resent those that aren't. 
But more than anything, I think they resent the crime and they resent the drugs. When I was doing uh, last point on this, uh, George, uh, some years ago, I was uh, working the anti-legalization initiative. 2018 was it, Bill? Was it 16? It was 2016. I was running the anti-legalization initiative here. You know where I got the best responses of all the communities I went to? The Hispanic churches. They hate this stuff. They hate drugs. They hate them. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, and and that's the that's the whole point. They have taken it for granted. But let's even look at immigration. Before it was okay, pathway to citizenship. The talk was about common sense immigration reform. Now the talk's like, yeah, no, we're going to get rid of the police. We're going to keep the border open. We're going to do everything in our power to ensure that the federal government doesn't follow the laws that are on the books. We're going to tie the hands of the border patrol in enforcing those laws. We're going to punish border patrol when they do enforce the laws that they should be enforcing. We're going to we'll lie about companies. them to enforce laws that don't exist, right? Exactly. The horse exactly. whipping, right? Thing, and and right? we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna look the other way when tech companies essentially are aiding and abetting human smuggling. Yep. Well, that's what Hispanics look at, and they're like, yeah, that's not the point, yeah. right? Okay, why? Well, yeah. We can talk about other. There's different facets of immigration. We're not in favor of just, you know, c- c- come as you are, whenever you want, at any point that you want, right? This nation is a nation. Why? Because of the rule of law. And so we don't have rule of law if we don't have a border. And if we don't have a border, then why did all these individuals, frankly, immigrant families like mine even, that came not from Mexico but from the Middle East, why did we fight so hard to come here? Because of the United States of America and the freedom that it affords. But if we can't live here peacefully and safely, what's the point, right? I mean, they have to be thinking that. Why would they have sacrificed everything that they did? Well said, George. And I wonder if there's a half-life to something Donald Trump did, too. I'd, I'd love your, your, your assessment of this. Uh, for too many years, I, I'm sure you've seen this, for too many years, a lot of Republican candidates in election, when they were running for election or re-election, you know, they, they, a lot of them, not all, but a lot of them were kind of uh, diffident and hesitant to go into a lot of the ethnic minority communities or churches, uh, black churches, Hispanic churches and communities. They just thought that there weren't votes to get there and that there is such a preternatural opposition to conservatism there. Why bother? Why get a negative story out of it? Uh, Why get a potentially negative story out of it? Donald Trump uh, was the first presidential candidate in a long time that said to hell with that. One of the greatest things I think he said in the 2016 election was when he said, what the hell do you have to lose in a black community? And, you know, just speaking honestly with him. And I wonder if there's a half-life to that you seeing in political campaigns and candidates, is there less hesitation to go in those communities? Are they going for those votes more and more? Can I ask you to talk about this when we come back from this break, which I have to hit real quick, and I want to do some other things with you, too. Can you talk about that when we come back, too, George? Absolutely. Thank you so much. We're talking to George Kaloff from the Resolute Group and Data Orbital, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show, portions of which are brought to you by Cool Touch, air conditioning, heating, and plumbing. I've used them for years. I love these guys. Chris Funk and his team, they're just great. My friends use them as well. It's just different over at Cool Touch. You'll know at the minute you call them if you have need to call them. Any air conditioning, plumbing, or I'm not even going to talk about heating needs. You have none right now. But anything air conditioning or or plumbing, 623-748-4942. That's 623 Four nine four two A plus rating with the BBB. You can check them out online at CoolTouch.us. Easy enough. CoolTouch.us. George Kaloff is our guest, as he is every Friday, managing partner at the Resolute Group and president of Data Orbital. George, uh, to recapture that point right before the break, 
Is there a half-life to some of what Donald Trump was showing Republicans to do, which was to, you know, quit being afraid of minority communities? Go there, pitch to them, tell them what you're about, be authentic, and quit ignoring them because they're Americans too. Are you seeing more of your or other candidates in the Republican Party doing some of that, or is there still some little bit of diffidence in going into those communities? Um, It's a great question, Seth. We are seeing folks go more into those communities. I think this is the biggest problem that we have, and it's one of the biggest disappointments for me as a, as a political practitioner or consultant, whatever name you want to use. Is, uh, <laughs> it's a guilting the lily. You've been called much yeah. worse than that, haven't you? I have <laughs> yeah, too, buddy. Exactly. I have too. Okay. Um, so, you know, the, the, the biggest problem that we have is election cycle never stops. There's more money than ever, and people are incentivized to go after the cheapest, vote or the vote that will take the least amount of time to Uh win over uh and everything is in the here and now and in the moment Uh and so campaigns in particular unlike nonprofit organizations that have a longevity and a long-term vision therefore how do i win now here in august or november or whatever your primary is in your state that's the biggest problem that we have and so yeah they forget about those uh you know those communities are forgotten which is not just disappointing it is heartbreaking and a hundred percent wrong thing for us to do and but i will say but not and but president trump changed the way that we look at that 100 percent. he changed the way that we look at that okay good 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 and may it continue to be i've always felt that way about california by the way uh i've always thought that felt that way about republican presidential candidates who kind of write off california i wish they wouldn't i just wish they wouldn't i hate to think of states that get written off um although although new york might be different i'm not sure for some reason i think california is still possible i don't know why i think that am i totally crazy on that george is california a possibility for us someday i don't know maybe i am wrong you tell me i don't know look i mean i i you know in the here and now i'm not going to lie it is it is tough but i mean the big the big factor there is the hispanic community right yep. and, and what happens look in the long term we don't know what happened i mean this country over the last six, seven decades have had, frankly, much crazier changes and much crazier political alignment. Yeah. So uh, I yeah. guess you never know. But yeah. in right now, in the here and now, yeah, of course, it is, it is very different. But it can also become self-fulfilling, too, can't you? Can't yes. it? No Republicans yeah, go, no Republicans get voted for or vote. By the way, I, this, this story just came up. I had no idea that this was even possible. And, you know, I don't know what the left is thinking, George. Honest to God, I don't. Let me give you this story from TMZ, although it's replicated elsewhere. Nominated for NCAA Woman of the Year by the University. University of Penn is Leah Thomas. <laughs> Leah Thomas, the openly transgender NCAA championship swimmer, has been nominated by the University of Pennsylvania for one of the most prestigious awards in college athletics, the NCAA Woman of the Year. George, are they not reading the room? No, they're, they're actually not only are they not reading the room. There's the building, and then there's the building on another planet. They're in that other building in that other planet. <laughs> and uh, there's a room in there? I, I don't even know. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm not even sure what to say beyond that to say that they're not reading the room. They're completely tone deaf, and this is uh, not just akin. This is a literal slap in the face uh, to every woman that's won that award sure. and to, frankly, all the all the tremendous gains that we have made because of Title IX and because of, of all of the, the women's rights that have been fought for over the last century. 
But who am I to say that? Obviously, I'm a man, so maybe it's not my place to say that. But it is. Oh, outrageous. don't 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 outrageous. do that. So don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't do that. It's outrageous. It dawns on me just when the country is saying this left has gone crazy, the left says, "Oh, let us show you what real crazy is, and we'll just go a little bit yeah. further." We were just getting started, kind of like uh, Al Pacino in Son of a Woman or something. All right, George. Uh, any thoughts on Joe Biden's trip to the Middle East? I, I have several. Uh, but the Saudi Arabia thing is just it's so odd in so many different ways. Uh, obviously, he's gone from the condemnation of them to the begging of them. But I think the thing that bothers me more than anything, because it's not that I have no love for Saudi Arabia. I think it's a toilet country, to be honest with you. I just have to tell you, the thing that I hate the most is him going abroad, embarrassing himself, thus the United States. But more importantly, going like we need to uh, as a beggar with a tin cup out, begging them to save us from policies that we ourselves made the problem. Yeah, only only Joe Biden could cause the problem. <laughs> uh, actually, first off, step, step back from there. Uh, could condemn someone and then be uh, hypocritical of it. That, to me, is, is, is the big thing. It's like, fine, you want to be all in on, a, on an ally that you perceive, then we can debate about if they are or not an ally. But don't be duplicitous and say one thing to get elected and then do another thing. Yeah. But specifically for this issue, right? we, we know why he's doing this. He caused a problem. His party caused the problem. The policies that they are still, frankly, continuing to push caused the problem, by the way, that now has us have at inflation above 10 percent and the Phoenix metro being the worst affected of any metro area in the entire country, by the way. Then he goes abroad after he's given our oil to other countries to then beg for more output after he closed our reserves, stopped our drilling and canceled the Keystone Pipeline. Right. I mean, it's it's. It, it, it would almost be and, and oh 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 and at the same time berating the oil and gas companies in America on a weekly basis berating yeah, them yeah, right of yeah, okay okay of course <laughs> for right? good so measure. like it, yeah. it would almost be funny if it wasn't so utterly depressing because right. of the calamity that it has caused so many so many millions tens of millions of, of American families and then he goes abroad and then like you said to embarrass us right if if the media always talked about oh my God when President Trump went abroad and they tried to you know concoct and finagle all kinds of things that made them embarrassed. Um, you know, does anyone Biden, remember one? I don't. Exactly right, but Biden's now going on an apology tour and/or a tour of blunders that he then goes continent by continent, hopping around. I mean, it's it's it is mind blowing again to try to solve a problem, which by the way it won't even solve it, but to yeah. try to solve a problem that he saw that he created, but pretending like it was uh, created because of the the crisis between. Uh, Russia and Ukraine, which, yeah. again, we also know how he's watched that and Afghanistan and everything else, frankly, under the sun that's happened uh, internationally. One of the interesting things coming off of his Israel trip, uh, which uh, I guess he left this morning on his way to Saudi Arabia, was he said um, after meeting with Mahmoud Abbas of the Palestinian Authority, he said, uh, if the ground is not ripe at this moment to restart negotiations, the U.S. and my administration will not give up on trying to bring the uh, Palestinians and Israelis close up. What does he mean when he says if the ground is not ripe? When was it ripe? And why isn't it ripe? It's not ripe because the leadership of the Palestinian Authority is corrupt, tyrannical, and doesn't represent the Palestinian population. Isn't that the reason? I mean, look, if anyone has made gains, the Abraham Accord that actually brought nations together was not done, obviously, in Biden's administration. <laughs> it was done in the prior administration. But, of course, they're going to forget about that and yeah. focus on the whole other thing. Yeah, 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 exactly right. Do you want to stay one more quick segment and do a little education with me? There's no more important issue to me and, my, and, and, and I think mo- much of my audience. Can we talk a little education on the other side of the break? Let's do it. 
I'm George. I'm I'm not George. That's not good. I, he doesn't want me to be George. I'm Seth. He's George. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. George Kaloff is staying with us for one uh, extra segment today to talk about some of the most important issues uh, facing uh, all of us right now at this election season. He is with the Resolute Group and Data Orbital. Uh, George, and that's education. It's a race that hasn't garnered, I mean, correct me whenever I'm wrong, obviously, but it's a race that hasn't garnered a lot of attention given the governor's race, the Senate race, and, and a few others. But the superintendent of public instruction, you and I have both been on record in strong support uh, of Shiri Sapir. Uh, her website is shirisapir.com, S-H-I-R-Y-S-A-P-I-R.com. She is uh, she 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 is lighting it up out there, and she's just doing a great job standing on behalf of parents and parents' rights in education. Uh, she's standing against CRT and the sexualization of children. She's been a great ally with some of our other allied friends uh, from uh, Arizona Women of Action, to you name it. Uh, but my gosh, the parents are facing. They need a champion like Shiri. Uh, they're getting canceled. They're getting uh, they are they are getting shut down on social media for bringing up the very things that you would want or think parents should be bringing up. Do you want to say a word about this race too? Absolutely. I mean, look this this race is down ballot. What we mean by that uh, when you say that in the industry is that it is farther down the ballot than everything you know above it, like Senate and Congress and you name it. But it is so critical. But this is a problem. Half of the likely voters in Arizona, uh, I should say likely Republican primary voters in Arizona, don't have their mind made up on this race. That oh, is a very high percentage. When you compare that, by the way, to the governor's race where the undecided rate is like 15 percent. Yeah. So a dramatic difference. And so we need to bring awareness to this race. As you said, um, I just think Shiri is the person, is the person to take on. Uh, Kathy Hoffman in the general election. Kathy is going to be formidable. Look, this is the thing that we have to keep in mind and not take for granted. I know we, we have, you know, we talked about in, in, in each of the segments, <laughs> candidly and frankly, in each time that we talk about how crazy the left has gotten. Um, and yet they, you know, these individuals are elected officials for a reason. I mean, some, there are people that have elected them and whether those people, you know, lie to convince voters to get there or, or otherwise. But Kathy Hoffman is an elected official, which means that unseating her is not going to be an easy feat. We need someone like Shiri who is articulate who is hardworking, who, frankly, came out of nowhere to, to take our grassroots by storm uh, and has just uh, has just garnered so much support from so many people across the state. We need someone like her to take uh, Kathy on. Uh, and, frankly, someone like her who has the principles uh, and the backbone to stand by their, those principles, because we know that even if that office, Office of Superintendent of Public Instruction, does not set education policy, they are the leader when it comes to K-12 education, and they can set examples, and we know the bad example that Kathy Hoffman is setting now, and we know the good example that Sherry Sapir could set. That's right, uh, and they can do things with the funding, and, you know, you made an interesting point about, you know, uh, how she has taken uh, these community meetings by storm. She really has. I show up at a bunch here and there, sometimes on behalf of other candidates, sometimes just to speak to these community groups, and, you know, more often than not, I know I'm going to see Shiri there. She is she is everywhere. She is working hard. But that other point you made, which is it's just in her, you know, it's just it. She she is um, she is. Uh, what do I want to say? Almost genetically or endemically supportive of the parents rights movement, the kinds of stuff we're talking about when it comes to CRT. And the most important thing, George, the most important thing is you do want someone who can ultimately take out Kathy, who is going to be backed 
bigly by the NEA and the AFT and the left-wing multimillionaire dollar groups that are coming into Arizona and like to futz around with our FUTZ, futz around with our, that's a Yiddish word, <laughs> education, uh, education and local elections here. She is the one who can stand up and defeat that. She really is. And I, I, I just think if there is, what you say, about a 50 percent undecided, folks, decide and decide on behalf of Shiri Sapir. What more can I say, George, right? Yeah, yeah, decide. And if you're holding on to your ballot, that's okay. Ensure that you drop it off. If you want to vote on Election Day, which it looks like that a lot of people in the Republican primary are electing to vote on Election Day, ensure when you go out, you you vote for uh, for Shiri. We need someone to go in there. We need a fighter. I've said this for the last two years. We need fighters. We need vision casters and fighters and people that have their head on straight. And I think Shiri covers all of those bases. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Sometimes the only man in the room. They said that about Thatcher. They said it about Kirkpatrick. And I think we're going to be saying it about Shiri Sapir, too. We mean it as a compliment. George Kaloff, as always, listen, buddy, have a really great weekend. Thank you. Well-deserved, well-earned, and uh, really appreciate you sharing your brain with us here. Fox soon, Seth. Thank you as always. You betcha. God bless and Godspeed. I'm Seth Leibson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Portions of which are brought to you by the veteran-owned Midas Gold Group. Every day more harmful decisions by the current administration are hurting the economy, robbing your savings and investment. Inflation is at, we were used to saying 40-year high, it's now at a 41-year high, making your money worth less. But the good news is that even when investments fall, gold traditionally holds its value, which is why I recommend the Midas Gold Group to talk about safeguarding your wealth with precious gold or other metals, physical gold or other precious metals that they can offer and talk to you about. Check them out at MidasGoldGroup.com. That's MidasGoldGroup.com. Or give them a call at 480-360-3000. 480-360-3000. Few of you had asked the few of you had listened to my interview on Bill Bennett's podcast last Friday and uh, thought that uh, the rest of the audience uh, might enjoy it too. Bill picked out uh, our opening segment because he just thought it was a little fun, funny, but also substantive. And you know, it's Friday, so let's have substance along with a little fun and funny. Uh, this is uh, William J. Bennett and I on his podcast last week uh, having um, having uh, some fun and serious conversation about the issues that matter most. Seth, thank you for your time today. I'm hoping we can start with what Claude did to me while I was on air yesterday. No, we've started. We're on. Go ahead. Pretty embarrassing moment. Pretty embarrassing moment. Embarrassing. Well, wait a minute. You guys were doing a podcast without me? Well... We were doing a podcast without podcasting. Claude didn't know this was happening, but <laughs> as he was setting up this uh, this interview yesterday, he sent me a text. He, th- he said, for topics, we were thinking, and he mentioned a bunch of stuff, and then he said, and Brittany Grenier, parentheses, <laughs> WNBA player held in Russia, question mark, close parentheses. And I said, you know, they kind of know their customers because on a good day, you know, I would need the explanation on who a who a who a sports figure is, a sports games figure is. <laughs> on the other hand, you know, I had just covered her in my monologue, mm-hmm. and who, who, I who spelled her name right, Brittany Griner, without two e's, the way the producer spelled <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, well, there's a set, uh, Seth. Um, you know, Claude claims to know a lot about basketball, but right. he claims to. Yeah. Right. Although people assume I know a lot about basketball because I'm black, but I mean. No, my first oh, no, no, 
No, people no, assume people yeah. assume you know a lot about basketball because you talk about basketball. That's, that's a good and because I call you and say, can we do something? And you say, no, I'm doing the Wizards game. What's the name of that basketball team? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, doing the radio broadcast of the Washington Wizards. Well, so, I mean, the point is, is that I was I I put in the explanation of who Brittany. I'm glad they're not the Seth. bullets anymore. I'm glad they're not the bullets anymore. Right, because that's how the that, crime go down. It certainly stopped the shooting in DC. Right, it's certainly yeah, changing the bullets name to the Wizards did yeah. stop yeah. crime in DC. Yeah. But yeah. the point is, is that I thought I had to explain to Bill, I mean to Seth, who Brittany Griner was. Not only did he do a whole segment on her, I spelled her name wrong, and he had the correct spelling of the name. It reminds me, Claude's item uh, language here uh, reminds me of a Seinfeld episode where Jerry is walking um, down the street looking for a Chinese restaurant he can't find, and he sees a U.S. postman who happens yeah. to be Asian, and he asks him if he knows where the Chinese restaurant is. Right. Mm-hmm. And the postman gets angry because he says, oh, just because I'm Chinese, you think right. I know where all... He goes, no, because right. you were a postman. <laughs> I figured you knew the neighbor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Forget, forgive us for thinking a sports broadcaster, a sports games broadcaster might know something yeah. about basketball. Yep, yep. Ir- yeah. Irrespective so, of race. Well, I know this because, uh, my gosh, uh, you know, they all go to great pains. Great pains. Say the president called Brittany Griner's wife or husband. Which is it? Wife is what, yeah. Okay. And sh- and she's a girl. Well, wives usually are. Mm-hmm. But Brittany Griner's <laughs> a girl, too. I know the male's going to come. I don't mean M-A-L-E. I mean male. No comment, guys? I mean, it's No, I do have a comment. It's the world It's the world we live in. I, you know, I'm just not used to it. I'm just not used to it. I'm sorry. Well, get used to it. Uh, no, I mean, get- I know about the Constitution, about the Supreme Court. I'm fine. I'm good. I'm just not used to it. I'm not saying we should change it. Do you know about the NEA, the largest teachers union in the country, and what they said this week in Chicago? No, I do not. I, meeting? I, I do not. Can I read it? Please. Printed order of business, and I'm quoting directly. NEA is a, and, and, I, and I, when I say I'm quoting directly, I'm using exactly their sentence structure, their verbs, their nouns. NEA is a social justice union that is a majority female and trans and gender nonconforming FOLX who will fight against attacks. What does that mem- mean, FOLX? We'll come back to that. <laughs> okay. We'll come back to that. <laughs> NEA is a social justice union that is a majority female and trans and gender nonconforming folks who will fight against attacks on our members who require reproductive rights of all people who are able to, close quote. So not only are they not able to write where verbs and nouns and complete sentences can uh, take place, uh, we have a new word, F-O-L-X, and people who are able to, which is their way of saying not just women. Yeah, I understand. But F-O-L-X is an interesting one, isn't it? Uh, Not yet. It's a (laughs) a phrase that is used to... um, signal the inclusion of groups that you know have been commonly marginalized marginalized when it comes to their gender but it's also the name of a drug of a hormone therapy for transgender non-binary people that you get through the mail confidentially Mm. i mean this is what your uh, nation's uh, largest teachers union is about now social justice and trans and gender rights um right before that order of business They say this, and let me quote, NEA will publicly stand in defense of abortion and reproductive rights and encourage members to participate in rallies, demonstrations, political campaigns, and other actions to support the right to abortion. Aren't you glad this is the order of business for the nation's largest teachers union? 
which tells us that they're not getting paid enough to teach our children. Teach our children this. Where's the reading and writing and math quote? Yeah, that's not what they're in the business of anymore. They're a social justice union. Well, I need that uh, statement if you could send it to me. I am speaking uh, at the Republican governor's meeting and ask, okay. and they want me to talk about the workforce and teachers' unions. So yeah, I need well, to, I need to be up to date. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if you remember, probably not. You weren't working with me then, but uh, when I was secretary, I went to a national NEA meeting. I invited myself. I said, "Can I come?" And they didn't really want me, but they, you know, I was the secretary. And I read from, I, I, you know, I don't remember, but you can find it in a minute, some doc, document from the 30s or 40s put out by the NEA, which you would have thought had been put out by Make America Great Again group. I mean, it was so patriotic and basic and talked about traditional values. Anyway, a lot of fun. We did that. We did uh, we did a lot of other pol- policy and politics. If you want to hear the whole interview, I think it goes about 35, 40 minutes. TheBillBennettShow.com. TheBillBennettShow.com. We just uh, we have a lot of fun on those podcasts when I'm uh, privileged to be there from time to time. Anyway, a little bit of an appetizer and a little bit of fun for what we used to call around here Fun Fridays. We haven't called it Fun Friday around here in a long time. Why isn't it fun anymore? Is it politics? Is politics become so unfun? That's a mistake. Politics should be fun. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Portions of the show brought to you by the good people at Y-Refi. They are offering a fixed no-load interest rate up to 10.25% for investors, all in a secure collateralized portfolio. The investors do well by doing good for others, helping people Dig out of debt by actually paying off their debts. Why Refi is a due diligence approved firm. And if you're interested in what they have to offer, check them out at investyrefi.com. That's the word invest, the letter Y, R-E-F-Y.com. Or you can give them a call here at 855-316-3087. Um, I've gotten a lot of emails uh, in response to uh, in, t- in response to my endorsements from last Friday's show, if you missed last Friday's show and you're interested in who am I endorsing and why, you can get that at 960thepatriot.com. Most of the emails have been about other races that I didn't mention in that show. Uh, and the reason I may not have is just because a lot of them tend to be a little bit more localized. They're LD or school board races. But if there is a race uh, that you are interested in my thoughts on, don't hesitate to email me. I'm happy to respond. It's just my opinion, but if you're interested, happy to. You can get all that information at 960thepatriot.com. Previous shows, including last Friday's, including a direct way to email me. This education thing, I remember talking to a, I was in college one time, talking to an education expert uh, who was a conservative, and I said, why are you so committed to dealing and working in education. And she said to me, because education is everything. It's everything. And it didn't take me long to figure out she was right. In 1914, John Alexander Smith, a well-known professor, famous professor of uh, philosophy at Oxford, said this, gentlemen, you are now about to embark on a course of studies that will form a noble adventure. Let me make this clear to you. Nothing that you will learn in the course of your studies will be of the slightest possible use to you in after life save only this that if you work hard and intelligently you should be able to detect when a man is talking rot and that in my view is the main if not sole purpose of education to know when a man is talking rot 
Is there a lot of rot out there? There's a lot of it. We're trying to expose it. Uh, my monologue coming up, Rachel Mitchell coming up, and a lot more. Don't go away. Be right back. Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525. 